Welcome to our first team roundtable podcast, where we explore the hot topic of the week here at CRA Resources. And just a reminder for those tuning in for the first time, CRA Resources is a unique recruitment agency with the single focus of providing CRA staffing for clinical studies across North America. So let's get started. Angela, what's the hot topic we've discussed this week? Well, the biggest topic that I thought would be a really good topic to piggyback on the webinar that we just completed yesterday on was the difference between a coordinator and a CRA. And the reason why I think that it's really important to discuss this is there's a lot of confusion in this industry as it relates to what we would consider industry roles. And for those of you who can't see me, I'm actually using air quotes here. There's a lot of sites that call their coordinators CRAs. There's a big romance as it relates to the position in general. And we receive a lot of applicants for our industry CRA positions that aren't qualified because their experience is solely at the site level. So I thought it would be a really good topic to discuss today. Excellent. Okay, so let's dig in then a bit about the difference between CRAs and roles more like coordinators and site-specific roles. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that. Does anybody have anything to contribute with the difference between those two? We can kind of start out. I'll throw Natalie under the bus here. And for those of you guys that are just <laughs> joining us, this is our first roundtable, as Becky uh, mentioned. So we got the whole team here. But uh, Natalie, when you're vetting an individual for one of our mm -hmm. CRA positions, what is the typical theme that you're looking for as it relates to the qualifications for that individual to be considered for the position? Well, for them to be considered for our CRA positions that we get, typically our clients look for industry-led experience. So experience started off at a CRO, and it could be a sponsor, but industry-led studies and not through academia. So when I'm looking at someone's resume, my first thing is, let me see where they started. Where do they say they have that CRA experience and what company was it with? Is it industry led? Did they have sponsor led studies and go from there? Um, mm -hmm. Typically, when we see those resumes that have like at a university um, where they label themselves as a CRA because the university has that label or that title for them. But then when you do speak to them, it's all academia or it's more coordinator tasks versus CRA mm -hmm. tasks with industry-led studies. So that's the first place that I look at when I'm questioning if it's the CRA experience we're looking for. The foundational. Yeah, go ahead, yes, Becky. I'm sorry. Oh, no, absolutely. And that's a good distinction, too, leading into that. Um, titles. Titles matter, but they also kind of don't. It depends on where that title is. You know, where did you get that experience to Natalie's point? Because you can call yourself a CRA at a site, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're performing the role that we consider as a clinical research associate with that industry and even the monitoring experience that we're looking for that our clients are looking for for our type of CRA role. We talk about that a lot on our team. Is this is this our type of CRA experience or is this title um, affiliated with a place of work that doesn't actually have the role we're looking for? So titles matter, but they also don't depending on where you had that mm -hmm. experience. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jenny, and, and I know that you get a lot of 
candidates come through and, and my as well, where they're actually coming through our portal and they're applying and, and that type of thing on a percentage wise. What percentage do you think are those individuals that are actually applying to our industry senior CRA positions that are seriously underqualified? Rough estimate. Um, I would say maybe around 60 to 70 percent are probably mm-hmm. pretty underqualified, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see Ma shaking her head as well. I think that uh, and the problem that I see with that is and, there, and let me let me make a distinction. There's a big difference between someone who is seriously underqualified and someone who is just slightly underqualified. I'm always open to us having a discussion with someone who's slightly underqualified Mm -hmm. because we are a competency focused recruitment firm. We care about the ability to apply your knowledge to the role. So you can have two and a half years experience in the industry instead of three and still be someone that we would absolutely consider, even though our sponsor might be requiring three, we would still sell you because we do have that limitation that we're hired to recruit a a candidate that has certain types of qualifications. So there is that limitation, but we're happy to still represent individuals who might fall short of that. But we're talking seriously underqualified, aren't we? So any ideas, you guys, as to why individuals feel that either it's okay to apply for a position that they're seriously underqualified for, or maybe they don't know? Do you think they don't know? I was just going to say, I don't know if they think it's okay. I think they just don't know. Or, Or maybe they may think like, well, I'm applying here because it's for a CRA role, and I do have some CRA tasks. They're in-house tasks, but hey, maybe they they maybe they'll consider looking at my resume. Maybe I can have the opportunity to speak about my experience as far as what I have done in in my current role. If it if they are labeled as a CRA role, so I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Be my opinion. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? I See, I think people realize, too, um, how they could be hurting their brand. They just think, I'll mm-hmm. just apply for a job. Why not just apply for this job? I've researched it. The pay rates look great. and But they don't understand. We keep that information in our database. That could potentially hurt your um, employment opportunities in the future because we don't see you making those critical decisions of how you represent yourself. I agree. And that's where I was going. I, I've seen that before. Folks will say, well, what did I have to lose? You got a lot to lose because it it if if you're seriously underqualified, one of two things happened to your point, Natalie, maybe they didn't. Maybe they think they could do the job. So maybe they don't see themselves as seriously underqualified. But when you're looking at a job description, you know if you have that experience or not, if the job description is written well. And if the job description isn't written well, then reaching out to us through our recruiting at CRAResources.com email address and asking the question is the right approach because right. we don't want to overlook mm-hmm. individuals. But when you, it's clear that you're seriously underqualified, I, I've had individuals that have said, well, what did I have to lose? Well, you've got a lot to lose because now I'm questioning your judgment. Are you really going to take a job that you have no idea how to do? Are you really going to put patient safety at risk? Are you really going to put this sponsor at risk of having to redo this project at their cost because you didn't know how to monitor it and you're representing that you do? It shows to me poor judgment, poor professionalism, and it does hurt your brand. 
it absolutely hurts your brand. Now, there are times when individuals should consider applying for positions that they're underqualified for, though. Anybody have any thoughts on when that should be the case? Like a CTA position, things that are going to break you into the CRA role, if that's really what you want to do, then you need research. Well, how do I begin to get into it? You can't just assume you can step into a CRA role. It's not an entry level position. CRA role is not even an entry level CRA role is not an entry level position, not in the industry. I absolutely agree with that. And if you're absolutely in love with the company. So, for example, if you just want to work with us, we'd love to work with you. And if you aren't qualified for any of our open positions, apply, but put a cover letter on there saying, I know Mm -hmm. I'm not qualified. (laughs) I did not (laughs) call and I did not bump my head, but I really want to work with you guys. Can we talk about what options I might have? Be honest about where you are and let us meet you there rather than positioning yourself for a position that you're not qualified for. Mm -hmm. I had a candidate um, this week that has fantastic foundational experience at Henry Ford. He's a research associate, research assistant. They call the he's a coordinator. They call it that there. But he's patient facing. He is not an industry CRA. He has zero experience. Now, he's got experience on industry led studies, to your point, Natalie. But it's as a coordinator. He's patient. facing. You know, so he's not doing the external independent monitoring. And he applied for senior CRA positions. And and I told him, you know, your foundations look terrific, but you don't meet any of the qualifications of our open positions. There's not anything I can do to help you right now, but hope that we can collaborate in the future because we believe in being transparent here too he was offended he was offended and he was not nice in his response and here's the thing i get it he could step into that role and learn it but that is not the business that we're in we do not train cra's we're talent acquisition we find cra's that meet the qualifications that our clients are looking for so we can give them to our clients to go do a job there's no training You got to already have the experience to do it. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that sort of bridges to a great event we had this week. Um, Yesterday, we just had this webinar that Angela participated in. She did an awesome job, if I might say so myself. (laughs) Um, It was with the IAOCR and um, Task Academy. I think I got that right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was talking about breaking into clinical research and certain roles, um, anticipating getting onto the CRA track and how to do that. It was so valuable. If you guys haven't, if you didn't attend or um, if you weren't aware of it, definitely go out there. We have it on our uh, group LinkedIn page. If you're part of our LinkedIn group, we've got links there. Um, Definitely go uh, listen to the recording because some really helpful information if you are seriously underqualified or you're an entry level candidate to the CRA role, we definitely brainstormed and we'll have more information coming um, about how to do that and where to go and different CROs that might have actual ground zero training, you know, um, for the CRA role um, and how to get into different programs, how to, um, you know, find out which programs are quality, like which accreditation Mm -hmm. programs are quality, you know, GCP certification and so on, you know, which things are really beneficial to get into that. So there's definitely a lot of that content we've been talking about lately. Just wanted to let you guys know if you haven't checked it out, you can go listen to that. I agree. And stay tuned because some of the outcomes of that webinar is that, you know, Cineos, for example, has an incredible 
foundational education course for CRAs entry level to where they bring you in and they they train you and get you hands on experience. And of course, that's what the Task Academy is working to do as well as artificial intelligence wise, taking you through training and putting you in situations to where you're having to critically think about how to handle situations. And then they put you out in the field from a shadowing perspective and and help to teach you and bring you on board as well. And I love that. And one of the biggest outcomes from that is that we're going to continue to collaborate to come up with a list of those organizations that do either hire entry-level CRAs and train you or all the real accreditation companies, certification accreditation companies that are are quality, that have been quality assured, are actual valid in the industry. Because there's some certification companies out there that, because I've been trying to compile a list of fake ones, and they're not necessarily fake, but you can spend a lot of money on it. There's one actually that that charges over a thousand dollars to become certified, and they don't even have the definitions of the CRA and coordinator correct. It isn't even correct. But if you're entry level, you may not know that because I really do think that there's so much romance in this industry that it isn't clear necessarily on what these roles really do, what the function is, the difference between a coordinator being patient facing from the difference of, a, of an industry CRA that's actually an external auditor that or monitor that comes in to the site to monitor the patient records but is never patient facing this site that's offering a, a certification to become certified CRA for about eleven hundred dollars had the wrong definition of a CRA out there clearly just going to grab your money give you a piece of paper and it's not going to get you the end it's just not going to get you the end game and that's what we really want to avoid and we want to help this audience to be able to come up with a clear path on how to break into the business and break into the role so that you've got an instruction sheet on here's your first step, here's the education, here's a certification, how do I get hands on, how do I gain two years experience if no one will hire me, all those questions that have been in the industry forever that we would really like to be able to help resolve. Yeah, I would agree with that, almost like a cheat sheet mm-hmm. as far as like, or a checklist, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I need to do to get to the actual CRA role, that experience. Exactly. And to be competitive and to know you're doing as good of a job as you can, because we want people who are passionate about doing a great job for, you know, this industry and the patients. And we don't just want somebody who's trying to, you know, take a job just to, to fill their own pockets, which I get it. You got to pay bills, you got rent, you got things, you know, you need to make a living. Totally understand that. But the more things you can do to be a quality individual um, who is quality for the role that you're trying to perform, we want to see that you've done your due diligence to become that candidate. And that's who Mm -hmm. we're looking for. Yeah, because a quality CRA is will be paid well, the money will come. Right. But you got to love what you do or you won't be a quality CRA because it's a hard job if you don't like it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, well, you guys stay tuned for the audience that's listening. We're going to have a lot more information. If you are not already signed up to our email list, please do. You can do that on our blog, CRAresources.com slash blog. And there's an opt-in page there. We do alert you guys to new posts. We will be putting new information out there as we're able to gather it on which companies and clients or sponsors offer these entry-level or paid internships. That was new to me yesterday. How exciting is that? Way back in the day, I took an internship and didn't earn a dime, but there is that too. But a lot of ways to be able to start breaking into the biz, I think it's kind of cool. 
Absolutely. Thanks everyone for listening. Feel free to reach out at CREresources.com for more information about our firm and we can't wait to work with you.